Curiosity is not a sin, Harry, but you should exercise caution. He's a time strand. You're fraternizing with the enemy. There's the, um, the Cruciatus curse. We'll celebrate a boy who is kind and honest and brave and true right to the very end. Hey everyone, welcome to Hogwarts, a podcast. Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of Hogwarts, a podcast. We're doing chapter 21, the House Elf Liberation Front, and who better to have on this episode than Molly? Hello everyone! We have talked so often (laughs) about creature rights. I know. And uh, like my favorite moment was the idea of like a gnome walking in with like a briefcase to present his case to the Ministry of Magic. Alright, we need that to happen. It just needs to happen. Before we get into this chapter, <laughs> I do have a couple of polls. Some of the, there are older polls, I will admit, but uh, good polls nonetheless. We had, um, Molly and I actually just talked about this in the last uh, chapter for a little bit. Which unforgivable curse is the worst? And it came out to 15% for the Imperious Curse, mm-hmm. 54% for the Cruciatus Curse, and 31% for the Killing Curse. All right. So what are, you, what are your thoughts on that kind of breakdown for the poll? Uh, I think it's interesting. Because, I, ooh, I mean, they're all terrible, right? Right. Yep. But, um, I mean, my order would have been a little different. I would have gone Cruciatus as numero uno, bad amigo. And then number two would be Imperius, and then the Killing. Interesting. Okay. I'm very similar to you. I just flipped Cruciatus and Imperius. And I think Killing Curse, you know, getting 31%, I think that's, a lot of people think of it as the obvious one, because it's like, Killing Curse, you're dead, that's it. Right. And I think if you think about it a little deeper, then you get into the Cruciatus and Imperius Curse. Right. And those two are awful. Yeah. Uh... We can get into the Cruciatus Curse a little bit. We have before in past spoiler sections uh, if we want to. But um, I chose Imperious Curse as the worst because of that taking away of free will. And that's like a core inherent bit of being human (laughs) is having that choice Mm -hmm. to act or say or, you know, whatever you want to do. And yeah, you know, it's silly when Moody is making students jump onto a desk that's one thing mm-hmm. there are very sinister and very dark things you can do with the imperious curse that are horrifying <laughs> oh yeah um so that's kind of why i chose the imperious curse um why are you going cruciatus again so i'm going cruciatus just for the simple fact of like it takes a sick person to just be like yeah i'm gonna torture you and like watch it happen and find enjoyment out of that. Mm-hmm. Like it just makes my stomach turn to think about doing that to somebody. And you know, you're put under that. Uh, I mean, yeah, your body could break, your mind can break from it, yeah. and it can be terrible. It could also essentially take away who who you are. Yeah, yeah. So, which all three technically do. Right. Um, but I think killing Chris seems to be the obvious one. Yeah. But if you think about Imperius and Cruciatus, there. Right. Awful. So I think it's close. I think Imperius and Cruciatus are very, very close. Yeah. But I'd go Imperius. Yeah. I, mean, um, I could see why somebody would pick killing, obviously. Like, mm-hmm. you're just ending a life and there's no going back. 
could also be a mercy. Like, yeah. after being under the Cruciatus Curse That's or doing true. what you've done under an Imperious Curse. Yeah. Oh, man. We people might real... opt for the Killing Curse. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. And it's like a quick... Yeah. Hits you when you're done thing. Right. It's not like Cruciatus Curse, then you die. Right. <laughs> like, right. I don't know. Uh, we could get deep into that, but that's not. <laughs> we could hold off on that deep conversation for another day. Uh, a more lighthearted poll that we ran. Um, who is the more famous wizard? So this is a couple of people wanted clarification when we posted it on Twitter. It, it's happening at the time of the uh, champions being brought forth from the cup, from the tri from the tri wizard cup. Goblet of Fire. Um, so, at that moment in time, who is the more famous wizard? Victor Crumb or Harry Potter? And the poll results are 64% said Harry Potter, 36% said Victor Crumb. And what are, what are your thoughts on that? Um, I mean, I think the obvious choice is going to be Harry Potter. Mm -hmm. I mean, that would have been my pick. Okay. So, um, just because going back to killing curses, <laughs> yeah, <right. laughs> unforgivable curses, he's the only known wizard to ever survive it. That is true. That is like history breaking. That is true. You know, my only thought was like, if we're talking worldwide, if we're talking England, yeah, hands down, it's Harry Potter. Mm -hmm. But if we're going worldwide, I don't know the stretch that Voldy had. Uh, people knew of him, but I don't know, like, how intense that was in, like, Argentina. Yeah, but I think that would be a pretty significant thing for all wizards to know that, like, hey, this kid survived the killing curse. So then, do you think more people know who Leo Messi is? Or do they know who, like... Teddy Roosevelt, who I mentioned in our last episode, is. Yeah. See, and I think that would be a difficult question for worldwide. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, that, I mean, that's a tough one. Like, world figure who's done something important for the world. Yeah. Or someone who's just internationally famous for, like, a thing that they do. Right. <laughs> Which isn't necessarily to say that sports yeah. entertainment isn't important. It has its place. But... Right, right. I guess it's just, you know, the longevity of one versus the here and now with one, with the other. Sure. Um, yeah. You know, I think a lot of people in general were paying more attention to sports, uh, our sports heroes, our celebrities, that kind of stuff in the here and now, where... Harry Potter is definitely more of a historical, written-in-the-books type of mm -hmm. uh, famous. I think a couple of them mentioned, uh, a couple of uh, our listeners actually mentioned on the poll, too, that, um, well, you're talking, like, right now at the polling of the Goblet of Fire names, Crumb just participated in the Quidditch World Cup. More people have his name on the tips of their tongue than Harry Potter. True. So maybe Crumb would be the most famous, like, right now. Yeah. Just because he's in that, like, zeitgeist of people talking, but... Right. Anyway. I guess, too, 
you know, you could even argue like, okay, so the Triwizard Tournament is taking place at Hogwarts. Yep. The majority of people attending this, to my knowledge, are Hogwarts students. Yeah. <laughs> so. The most famous person in the castle? Yeah. You can make an argument though. For either one. Crumb has a fan club following him around. Oh, 100%. So, uh, Oh yeah, no. Um, and people don't, people have like are used to Harry Potter. They're like that what, kid. Yeah, and that's the route <laughs> I was gonna go down. Like Harry Potter's old news, you know. Yeah. Victor Crumb is here. Mm -hmm. Let's follow him around. No, that's yeah, that's yeah. very real. Yeah. I guess we should get to the chapter, huh? Um, <laughs> right. <laughs> so it's a house elf liberation friend is the chapter title. Uh, just a real quick uh, rundown. We get a party in the Gryffindor common room. Uh, we finally crack open the egg. Uh, we get a glimpse of the Hogwarts kitchens, some uh, care of magical creatures uh, action going on, and we meet a pretty cool character who we first met in Chamber of Secrets. Some, some little house elf named Dobby. So, let's start with the, the surprise party in the Gryffindor, the quote-unquote surprise party that Ron tells him about in the Gryffindor <laughs> yeah. common room. He's like, uh, oh yeah, Fred and George are nicking stuff from the kitchens for your surprise party. I'm like, well, all right, I guess it's just a party now, because yeah. it's certainly not a surprise. <laughs> um, I like it. <laughs> uh, we learn that Dean Thomas can draw. Mm -hmm. And then we get to the moment when everybody starts to realize, like, oh wait, you have the, sec you have the clue to the second task. Mm -hmm. Let's check it out. Like, let's open this thing and see if we could figure out what the second task is or how to beat it or whatever. And Harry pries this thing open and notices that it's A, hollow, and B, comes with a horrible screeching sound. Yeah. And I, I don't know. What, what's, what would you think is like if Molly is sitting here, not as a Hufflepuff, <laughs> but in the Gryffindor common room... What are what is your thought process going on through all of this? I would be like, don't open it. We're not supposed to know because I'm a real follower. So. <laughs> fair. That's totally fair. <laughs> and I could totally see that. And then I'd be like, oh my god, we're gonna get in trouble now. <laughs> You'd be like poking Hermione on the shoulder, like, can you yeah. stop this? Yeah. Hermione and I would probably be BFFs. <laughs> Fair. I can totally see that. <laughs> Don't do it. I do like, uh, I think Fred and George's humor is on point in this chapter. Yeah. Like, <laughs> them messing with Neville is fantastic. Oh, yeah. Of just like the, uh, like, they offer food to Hermione and Hermione's like cautious about it. And they're like, no, 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 no. We're, that's good. It's the creams that we messed with. Yeah. And literally, Neville was about to take a bite of one of the creams. Gordon Neville. And he, like, freaks out, and French are like, no, 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 we're just kidding. We didn't do anything to the creams. It's yeah. fine. So he eats the, the whatever it was. Whatever. Canary something? That's what they called it. Fred yeah. George, because <laughs> there's, like, a debate, or there's, like, a hubbub around the egg being open. Mm -hmm. And it's closed, and then people notice that Neville turned into a canary? Yeah. So, how I'm imagining... I imagine this first as he, like, transfigured into a small, like, canary-sized canary. Oh. Right. Then, I, like, reread it, 
And now I'm getting the image of Big Bird, like from Sesame Street, <laughs> of like Neville and like a Neville-sized regular human being, but as a yellow bird. Yeah. <laughs> I could see that. <laughs> and and the Big Bird thing didn't prop up into my head not, until now, and now that's all I can think. Oh, Big Bird Neville. And they're like, oh, yep, I guess we did do something to the creams. Our bad. Hermione. Hermione has her tricks, and she goes up to Fred and George, and she's like, so, uh, I heard you got into the kitchens. Where is, even is that? Mm -hmm. Which I'm surprised she doesn't know, based on Hogwarts of History. There's a mention. Ooh. <laughs> so, I'm surprised she doesn't know that from Hogwarts of History. Uh, but she doesn't, so they go into this, oh yeah, it's really easy to find. It's this hidden door behind a painting of a bowl, and you just gotta tickle a pear, and then it giggles. But wait, why? Why do you want to know this? <laughs> And I loved that transition of the ridiculousness of what they're saying. Yeah. Transitioned into, wait a minute, why do you want to know? And they get very suspicious about her uh, house elf uh, rights mm -hmm. campaign that she has been <laughs> running around trying to recruit everybody to, and not many uh, have joined. I think it's only... Harry, Ron, Neville, if I'm mistaken. I think so. Yeah. Uh, I think it's just those three. <laughs> um, but anyway, so that all closes up. Party's done. Harry goes to bed, and he puts the model of the horn tail on his, like, nightstand or whatever. And I love that he got to keep that. I know. I love that part. It's the coolest souvenir ever, yeah? Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Where would you even put that? I feel yeah. would, I would feel bad putting it in my trunk with all of my, my socks. Right. Well, will it fly away? Will the magic wear out and then it just becomes a static figure? Yeah. Could you rejuvenate that magic? Yeah. And make it move again? Because it's like... Because every now and then they'll mention that they still have like a Victor Crumb walking across a nightstand. Right. I'd imagine it gets less and less over time, right? I would imagine. So I don't know how that works. If it just becomes a static, regular toy mm -hmm. that they can then reanimate, I don't know. Yeah. But I why wouldn't you reanimate it? That'd be the coolest thing ever. I know. And I love how it, like, yawns. <laughs> right. <laughs> Molly would just be, like, have a stack of oh. these, like, models <laughs> by your bed. Be my pets. If you, okay, so if you got to bring Odin to Hogwarts. Yeah. And you got to watch Harry, or no, if you got to watch your Hufflepuff guy, mm -hmm. if you watched your Hufflepuff, Cedric, transform a rock into essentially your dog and escape the dragon, you know, with it, would you then go back to your dorm that night and, like, have this little model of a Swedish short snout and then just chase Odin <laughs> with, like, with, like, with a little model yes. trying to... <laughs> Bring that great Hufflepuff <laughs> moment in history back to life. <laughs> also, Odin would be terrified of just the model. Uh, yes, he would run away and bark at it. As and... soon as that thing puffs out of like a little thing of smoke, yeah. he'd be like, what is this devil? Yeah. Like, <laughs> this devilry is not happening. He is the fang in real life. Poor little Odin, but he's not little. <laughs> No, he's not. He's a big lad. 
Which, like we said, I think that that is the lab that yep. Cedric envisioned as he's turning this rock into a lab. Yep. I would have a hard time, like, if he, like, you know, when he transfigured that rock and it, like, was Odin, I would, like, run out there and be like, what are you doing? <laughs> Save me! That would be a testament to Cedric's magic that it would be that convincing of a lab. <laughs> That he would run out in the middle of a dragon enclosure <laughs> to save the save the lab. Uh, we've been talking a lot of animals. Let's dig right into all of the animals. I, um, I would just like to mention that let's not sugarcoat this. The kids were getting buzzed off the smell of the single malt whiskey coming from the horse troughs. Yep. They were getting buzzed. Yep. They were feeling a little woozy. They're like... We have drunk children. Uh, yeah. All right. I just want to point that out. That that's a thing. <laughs> that exists in this book. Just pointing it out. Um, in actual <laughs> Care of Magic or Creatures news, um, the Scroots are now six feet long. Yes. And Jen and I essentially went through the staff and we're like, we could probably fire half of the staff at Hogwarts. Like, with yeah. cause. Like, with cause, you could fire half the staff. Mm-hmm. Whenever you hear a teacher in a class say the words, don't panic now, don't panic, you're probably not having a good class period. Things have probably went sideways real quick. And it's totally on you. Like, these whole things are your idea. You have no idea how to control them. He thinks hibernation was the answer. That is clearly not the answer, because they hate being boxed up as... Lovely as the boxes that he seems to have made for them seem to be. They are not about it. Yeah. They're lighting them on fire. They're smashing them. <laughs> it's just a horrible, horrible thing. Uh, um, I thought you these scroots are so ugly that they're cute. And I would still that's a want take. one. And I would still want one. Oh, that that's a take. <laughs> um, would you love the, the, uh, the pincers? The the stinger? Would you love the sucker? All <laughs> like of it. where you're like, I'm all about it. I'm all about these seemingly blind <laughs> things that just rampage. That's all they're there for. I'll take them on a walk. <laughs> she volunteers. Uh, note that the scroots did more damage to Harry than the Hungarian horntail did. Multiple scratches and uh, burns from the, the... That's right. We didn't even mention that they actually blast fire out of them. Yeah. So he's burned. He's scratched. The horntail only got him once. <laughs> but the scroots are doing more damage. This seems like a problem. I'm just saying. It might be. Uh, but I love your take that he would still take a scroot. Heck yeah. Uh, <laughs> Would you love Hagrid's class as a Care of Magical Creatures teacher? Yes. You would just be all about it? I mean, would I like it to be a little bit more informative with a lot more variety? Probably. So that brings up a question. Do you think, we've talked about like, what does Lupin do with seven, year, uh, seven years as opposed to first years? <laughs> what is, is... Moody doing the same Unforgivable Curses thing with all levels. Is Hagrid just having blast-ended scroots for all levels? That would be a sight. 
like, is Cedric having to deal with a blast-ended screw? <laughs> or is he not even taking this class? <laughs> I'm sure he's not even taking Do you think Floor is watching from the carriage? These, <laughs> these like, lobster scorpion-like things <laughs> running around, being like, England is weird. <laughs> what are these people doing? <laughs> yeah. Crumb just walks by, mildly interested, shrugs, and then goes off. Like, yeah, that's probably how that would work. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we do find out some interesting information from from Hagrid, though. We do. It has nothing to do with actual scroots or creatures, but he does note that uh, as Rita Skeeter shows up to document this horrific scene, um, Hagrid goes, "Didn't Dumbledore ban you from?" the grounds yeah and she like skirts by it and just like acts like that wasn't even a comment that was made and i had made that comment during the weighing of the wands of like albus has the power to banish dementors from the grounds and he can't get rita skeeter off of his property here yeah what like i and now we find out that she has officially been banned <laughs> doesn't stop her she's a very sneaky woman there's something going on. There's something going on with Rita uh, that she was able to slip past Dumbledore's keen eye. But, By um, the way, yeah. I never caught on to the gold teeth. Same, yeah, right? Until you guys brought it up. And then, like, I was like, I can't get this image of her with gold teeth. They mentioned it, head. like, glinting in the, uh, like, when she smiled, it, like, glinted here. Yeah. 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 So is it, like, her three, I don't think they mentioned which teeth it is, but is it, like, her, like, three front teeth that are, like, boom? I don't know. I, w I want to say, like, that it's got to be one of the incisors, though. And then, like, did she just do that for austerity's sake? And, like, I'm going to look good with these three gold teeth. Or did, know. like, some person who she wrote an article about, like, Dector, right. and, like, <laughs> broke three teeth, and then that's what she went with? Like, what happened here? Right. I feel like there's a story. No well, pun intended. With yeah. Rita. And I feel like it just gives her character, like, her feel in general, like, a very, like like shysty because like if you think about like old-timey like um car salesmen like use car salesmen yeah. like you think of the gold teeth like like uh oh what are those manipulative and yeah not like showman but like um oh, i can't think of the term right now the, yeah if, if anybody's watched the elvis movie yeah yeah uh, they reference these type of people as snowmen. Yes. S-N-O-W-M-E-N. -E because they, uh, they like to make it snow money. Mm -hmm. They're in it for money. Um, and they're good at conning people out of their money. Right. Um, so that's the term that they use in the Elvis movie, which is nominated for, I think, eight Oscars. Um, so good. This is Movie Talk with Dan and Molly on Hogwarts <laughs> Podcast. Uh, but anyway... <laughs> Um, yes, I get what you're by this yeah, time. Yeah. yeah, like now I really like like lip like red lipstick. Like I just get this whole vibe from a different vibe from Rita now. So, yeah, she's an interesting one. She is. Uh, we then move on to Hermione dragging the boys along on her mission to search the kitchens. And um, Harry notes that this is pretty close to where the Hufflepuff common room must be because he saw Cedric going down this way um, after the, the names were drawn. So Hermione is so thrilled about getting the... Like, this is the most enthusiastic she may have ever been in the series. 
She's like, no, 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 you gotta see this. You gotta, you have to come. And they're like, and they figure out like, wait a second. You're taking this to the, no, we don't want to get involved with the house else. And then no, you gotta come, you gotta come. And then again, passively just tickling a pear, it giggles and then turns into a knob. <laughs> and the, the idea of a giggling pear is interesting to me. Yeah. There needs to be some gif of that. Yes. And I'm upset that this scene wasn't in the movie, so we didn't get that visual. I know. This is very upsetting. I know. But, uh, spoiler alert, Dobby was cut out of Goblet of Fire completely. I know. So. Same with Bagman. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. That's There's, weird. There were a lot of things that they just, like, cut out. Our podcast will be happy to write and produce all of the new Harry Potter movies. <laughs> For yeah. TV shows that will be going on. <laughs> uh, anyway, so the thing that she really wanted him to see was Dobby. Yeah. And Dobby is there working for Hogwarts School of Witchcraft and Wizardry. And uh, we also get introduced, I guess formally introduced, to Winky. Oh, Winky. Uh, they're handling their employment very differently. Yes. Dobby has decked himself out with all of the finest... Uh, clothing that he can afford, I suppose. Yeah. Including Harry's sock from two years ago that he is still wearing. Woo! Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. That's a, that's a vibe. Yeah. He washes his stuff, right? He's got to. I hope. I really hope. I, I think, yeah. He takes care of it. I'm assuming he takes care of it. Okay. I mean, because that's like a prized possession for him, I think, that he's able to And they mention, like, Winky's clearly not taking care of herself. Right. Um, although she's in matching clothes. She is. She's got that going for her. But yeah, so they're both working in the kitchens. Dobby, very proud uh, to discuss it. Winky is spending most of this time sobbing, and it gets more and more uncontrolled as Hermione tries to help. And Hermione is a very bright person. She is exceptional. The brightest witch of her age. Clearly, she cannot take this hint. Not picking up on it. Like, way over her head. Yeah. She is not picking up on these emotional vibes here of, like, everything you're saying is making this worse. Right. Maybe you should stop. <laughs> or, like, get the hint that this is not a happy thing for her. Yeah. Despite how happy you think it might be for her. <laughs> I will say this before we get into the, the specifics of the, the contract that they have. Uh, the uniform for the uh, Hogwarts house elves are tea towels with Hogwarts logos, like the actual uh, crest. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Now, wait a second. Ooh. Now, wait a second. Yeah. If it's a uniform and it has the Hogwarts crest on it, does that make the tea towel clothing? Yeah. That's what. That's a good point, Dan. Is Dumbledore that sneaky of a dude that he just freed all of these house elves without them knowing? Does that qualify as clothing? I think it does. Yeah. Now, maybe without the crest on it. Right. Fine. Yeah. But why do you got to put a logo on it? Now you're, like, branded. Yeah. You're wearing branded clothes. Yeah. Did we just blow this whole thing up completely? I think we did. What? <laughs> my brain is blown. <laughs> I did not, I literally did not think of this as I wrote my like notes, but yeah. oh my gosh. Yeah. I think Dumbledore conned them all. I think he did. What do, what do you guys think listening? Does the Hogwarts crest on the tea towels make that clothing? 
that would free them? I think it does. I think it does. Either way, I'm putting this up on a poll on Twitter and Instagram. Interesting. Yeah, do it. Wow, okay. I'm interested now. Well, our minds are blown. Uh, Let's go on to this sweet contract that (laughs) that Dobby had procured himself. I love it. So... Where has Dobby been in the last two years since Chamber of Secrets? He has traveled trying to find work all over England. And most people are like, no, the point of a house elf is we don't pay you. So no. Um, And then when he discovered Winky, um, they're like, wow, where could two house elves work? Hogwarts. Hogwarts is enough for two house elves. So they're getting paid, or sorry, Dobby is getting paid a galleon a week and one day off a month. Mm-hmm. And he is over the moon about it. He's happy. And a galleon a week is obviously not enough. Um, but, you know, for his purchases, I suppose, he has, he has lodging, he mm-hmm. has food. Literally the only thing he's spending this on is like a random assortment of odd clothes. Yeah. So that's fine. Whatever. You do you. The one day off a month, though. <laughs> Woof. That's like, that's hard. Do you think he has like a little mini Gringotts bank? Like, that he saves all of his little galleons in so he can buy his next, like, clothing purchase? I like it. I like that. It's like his own little piggy bank. Yeah, he's like saving up for, for his sweater. It could be like the Hogwarts Warthog. Ooh, yeah. Like, that could be the piggy bank. And yeah. he just, like, puts his galleon, like, in. <laughs> Aww. Yeah. I, I like got, that. I got good vibes thinking of this. Of a little Dobby, winky spinoff. <laughs> and I, I just imagine him, like... And maybe this is where she got this from. Mm-hmm. And I don't know that we've ever talked about this. But, like, the elves in the North Pole. Yeah. Like, how they're happy to work. Right. And they don't obviously get pay of any sort right so i just imagine like i'm imagining dobby or like an elf at the north pole just like happily returning from work at the factory (laughs) or whatever and then like just putting in like in dobby's case a galleon in their case like a candy cane i don't know whatever (laughs) but like i got paid in gumdrops today here's my five gumdrops you know whatever whatever it happens to be and then they get to purchase a toy. <laughs> right? That's what I'm saying. Like, I, I now purchased this toy truck that I made. <laughs> Whatever. And we're getting off track. Yes. So let's, let's reel this back in. Let's get focused. Uh, we do find that... Constant Dumb... vigilance. Constant vigilance on our conversation. Uh, <laughs> Love that, by the way. Thank you. <laughs> um... We do find out that Dumbledore had actually offered them 10 galleons a week and weekends off. Yeah. Which, that's a sweet deal. But they were like, no, 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 no. That's too much time off. (laughs) That's much too much. I'll get lazy. Yeah. (laughs) And despite all of this, Hermione is just on it again and again and again with the, no, you deserve more. Like, you deserve sick leave and whatever. (laughs) It's like, whatever. Yeah. Vacation time. Um, also, she doesn't get the hint that as Dobby is saying all of this, Winky is not only crying more, the other house elves are acting more and more disgusted and going further and further away from Dobby, and she is not picking up any of it. No. She's not getting it, but... No. But anyway. Um, 
We're wrapping this up real quick. I just want to throw out the quote that this chapter ends with <laughs> because it is awesome. Uh, and it's Ron saying that Percy wouldn't recognize a joke if it danced naked in front of him wearing Dobby's tea cozy. <laughs> I'm going to let that imagery soak in over our break and we will be right back with spoilers. Till the all right, so we are back with the spoiler section of Chapter 21, The House Elf Liberation Front, and we'll stick with the theme of house elves here. And I was just thinking, like, while I was reading this, like, these house elves have worked, and the idea of them is not to be seen while they're doing their work. So they're cleaning the dorms, they're cleaning the, the houses, the classrooms, offices, wherever. And they're not supposed to be seen. What secrets do you think they can tell about Albus and about the castle itself? Yeah. Because they probably know the most. They probably know all. Because I think Dumbledore says at some point, like, no one really knows all of the secrets of Hogwarts. It's part of the, like, magic of the place. Even him, Tom Riddle, Harry. No one really knows the true magic of Hogwarts. Well, these elves traverse it all the time secretly quietly they've been there for forever yeah they probably know quite a bit about hogwarts yeah and the ins and outs and what all happens there and i don't know the, like conversations and because you have winky being like i'll never tell my master's secrets i'll never tell because i think she was like oh ludo bagman's a bad man mm -hmm. and my master hated him i'll never tell like exactly what things were said like, you imagine what Hogwarts house elves probably have hidden oh, away yeah. that they could talk about? Right. Like, shoot, they talk a whole lot. Right. <laughs> so, right. there were other things going on in this chapter. Doesn't Dobby tell Harry about the room of requirement? Mm hmm Yeah. Yes, he does. So, there we go. Yeah. More secrets. More secrets. Dobby's... Dobby plays a big role in this series, and yeah. the sad part about it is because of the movies, yeah. most people don't understand that. Yeah. Like, Dobby is a crucial centerpiece to a lot of this plot, Yeah. and the movies just kind of erased him out of it, which is unfortunate. Yeah. He did get some great lines, though. He got some great lines in the movies. He did. <laughs> it's just not enough of them. Yeah. Uh, kind of like Ron, who's 100% right... <laughs> About Karkaroff and Lucius. So he goes and says, like, oh, you know, because now that him and Harry are back on speaking terms, yeah. Harry, like, unloaded all of the news, mm -hmm. including what Sirius had told him about Karkaroff. And Ron is like, oh, we should have known he was a Death Eater, because Draco was telling us that his father had known him and blah, 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 blah. Yeah. And I'm like, Ron, you're, like, half joking right now because you want to make Lucius into, like, a Death Eater? What you don't know is, he was a Eater. Like, they right. know each other. Yes. From that. I know. He hits it right on the head. Right. And they just kind of gloss over it. Yeah. I'm like, just wow. Gonna... Ron yeah. is 100% right there. Yeah. And they're just like, meh. Ha ha, that'd be, yeah, whatever. Um, But yeah. Uh, speaking of being 100% or pretty dead on with, uh, you know, predictions or comments, Seamus, uh, no H, is... Pretty darn close on his guess as to what the egg is, in that he guessed Banshee. Mm -hmm. And obviously we know it's the, the mer people uh, in the lake. Creature. 
he went with a creature route, yeah. which is a really good guess. And they probably should have doubled back on that and been like, huh, if it's a creature, okay, maybe we should look at creatures that have, like, this type of wailing, screeching tone. Yeah. And maybe they would have stumbled on the people and the lake, and maybe that's the second task. And Right. Or at least a creature, like, fighting a creature of some sort. Like, at least you're on a similar track. On a path, yeah. But good for Seamus for kind of being on the ball there for yeah. a little bit. Um, really good guess. Yeah. Speaking of being on the ball... Here it comes. Uh, we do get some Trelawney references. Yes. And Harry going to her class, uh, and he mentions that it's more enjoyable now that him and Ron are back to being on the same page yeah. and, you know, making fun of whatever she's doing. I feel and like you definitely need a buddy like that in that class. 100%. Yes, yeah. you do. Uh, but Trelawney says that she was compelled to go to her crystal ball <laughs> and peruse... Um, the offerings that the crystal ball can give her and she came up with seeing death in the crystal ball and she predicts Harry which I mean come on he's in the Triwizard Tournament he just had to face a dragon he's gonna be in danger Mm -hmm. with or without Trelawney's predictions here (laughs) the entire year so Harry had to buckle in for this for the the entire year he knew this was coming I'm throwing it out there. I'm just tossing it in the air. Mm-hmm. Let's say Trelawney did get a calling to go to her crystal ball. And let's say she actually went to it and she did see omens of death popping up in the crystal ball. She's not wrong. No. Because Cedric does die. There is a death in there this death. Triwizard Tournament. Yeah. Death is present in this year. She's not wrong. She no. misinterprets it. But that's a whole other thing. Right. If... Again, assuming she did get this call to the ball, right. and she did see death in the crystal ball, right and wrong, both in the same thing. But if you have the right prediction, you just interpret it differently. Yeah. It still counts, right? Yeah. That counts. I think so. Let's give her credit, Dan. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. There are some other guests on this podcast <laughs> that would not be giving me credit right um, So, uh, no, but I, seriously, if, if, She's not wrong, and the death is swirling around Hogwarts. That's yeah. It ends up coming true. It's just not Harry. Uh, so, I don't know. Those were some of the notes that I had. Do you have anything specifically from this or other chapters that you want to get into from the spoilers? I mean, we all know that the Yule Ball is coming up. My biggest thing is I'm really hoping that Snape and Trelawney go together. Yes. <laughs> Well, okay, so you and I have really made a thing out of the Snape Trelawney weird coupling. Family. Yes. What I think happens there is they know that their love cannot be <laughs> public. Yeah. Because, uh, you know, students and gossip and the such, and we know how private both of them are. Right. So clearly they couldn't bring their love into the spotlight mm. of the Yule Ball. Right. So what really has to happen is they are cordial to each other in the Yule Ball. Now, after the Yule Ball. Oh, man. That's when they have date night. All right. And you can imagine whatever a 
Snape Trelawney date night might be. All of the jokes on Trelawney's uh, room, clearly you'd want to have a date night in Trelawney's room versus Snape's room. Oh, I would I'm assume just saying. so. Uh, if you didn't have me on for the Yule Ball, I would have so many <laughs> weird things to say. <laughs> we will have to talk about all of the weird relationships that are happening. Yeah. That are clearly happening at Hogwarts <laughs> that just aren't talked about very often. Yes. Yeah. Like, does McGonagall and Flitwick have a thing? We don't Ooh, know. We don't know. Maybe they do. Yeah. We don't. Now I want to come up with a ship name for that. Yeah. Flagonagall. <laughs> Done! Flagonagall <laughs> oh. it is. Flagonagall. <laughs> oh my gosh. I uh, apologize. <laughs> Mickwick. Mickwick. <laughs> uh, I love it. Love it. We have fun here. We have fun here at Hogwarts and Podcast. We do. Do you have anything else to talk about in the spoiler section? Or do you just really want to get that uh, Snape Trelawney Yule Ball vibe going? It was just the Snape Yule Ball Trelawney vibe thing going. Fair enough. That that was that was it. Uh, This I mean, there was a lot going on in this chapter overall. not as much as the the first task because I think the first task kind of overwhelms yeah. these two chapter spans. It's hard to come off that last one. Yeah, you're still thinking about like all the stuff from yeah that like yeah. my mind is still wrapped up in like I would wanted to see what Crumb and if we do a series or a movie, so help me, I am shooting Crumb, Floor, and Cedric's attempts at the dragons. Yes, like I'm. Fully filming that, and we're getting our full, yeah, full interpretation. Yeah. Anyway, you got our full interpretation of this <laughs> chapter today. Please give us a like, a comment, a review uh, wherever you're listening to this podcast. It means a lot. Whether it's Anchor or Spotify or Good Pods or wherever you're happening to check us out, um, it would mean a lot to us. Please do the leave a voice message on Anchor so you could pop up on one of these future podcasts and, uh, yeah, be part of the show. Yeah. Be like Molly. Be part of the show. <laughs> um, so, yeah, uh, we'll wrap it up here for Chapter 21. Uh, we are going to go into the Yule Ball of it all here soon. So stick with us for all of that. Bye. Thank you for listening to Hogwarts, a podcast. If you like what you've heard, please click the subscribe button on your preferred podcasting app and follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Hogwarts a Pod.